Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is, you inky savages are joining us for episode number 118 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. I'm hoping that you're having an awesome start to your week, and this week's discussion on the Parker Pen Company and Parker Pens and stuff like that was such an interesting pen-filled conversation. I mean, an hour and 10 minutes of nothing but pen talk. I, I am not kidding. That really happened. Now... Before we get started with the podcast, I want to talk about some cool stuff. I talk about it later in the episode, but I want to just talk about it right now. I want you guys to keep your eyes open to the BRL Coffee Co. Instagram, the Gold Spot Pens Instagram, and the Penboy Roy Instagram, because we're going to actually do this, this com- collaborative, awesome giveaway where we're going to be giving away products from the BRLCoffeeCo.com website including a bag of coffee, a mug, some swag, and a Retro 51 coffee fountain pen and some Pentertainment stickers and stuff like that. So it's going to be a really cool giveaway. It's going to be an easy giveaway. It's just fun just to drum up business for my buddy who is also a sponsor of this podcast at brlcoffeeco.com, brlcoffeeco.com. So pay attention to our Instagram pages for that. And since we're talking about Gold Spot, Again, much love and thanks to you guys for using my affiliate link that is in the description of the show notes. Thank you for shopping at Goldspot and using that affiliate link and also saving yourself money using coupon code ROY at checkout. Don't forget to do that. It works for most stuff on the Goldspot affiliate link. Some stuff it doesn't work for because of what we discussed later in the episode, map map pricing, minimum advertised pricing. So if it doesn't work, I'm sorry, but for most stuff, it will. And speaking of sponsors, great, awesome news coming out of Goldspot in relation, obviously, to Luxury Brands of America. Our friends at Luxury Brands of America have stocked Goldspot You can also check it out through the affiliate link with the Waldman Tango Imaginations. Now, these are really cool. These are cap and barrel sterling silver pens with like colored etching into them. It's really cool, really solid pen. I love the Tango Imagination. This is not the special limited edition North American that's coming out soon. It hasn't come yet, but it will. But check out through the affiliate link in the description the Tango Imaginations from Waldman. Distributed by our good friends, Luxury Brands of America, who are also sponsoring this podcast. Thank you, guys. So check those out. The links for everything is going to be in the description. Please make sure you check them out. So don't forget, Gold Spot Pens affiliate link, brlcoffeeco.com. We got that giveaway. And check out the Waldman Tangos. Now, before we get started with this week's episode of the podcast, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So, be forewarned. You have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage 7. And 
what you got going on there? You got a you got a little bit of the makings of a goatee going on. No, that's just me. That's just me being lazy. But I I don't think anybody. How wants is to it? Talk about how is it that it doesn't come in on the sides? It only just comes in to the the front there. Because that's just how I am. I am incapable of growing the same amount of facial hair that you are. Okay. Are you trying is, to rub it in my face? That is just amazing. Right. No, I'm just I'm just astounded that that just only happens in the front there. Yeah. So it, it looks like a designer goatee that I just grow naturally. I know it's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. It, right? it looks like that's intentional. No, totally isn't. I just haven't shaved in the last couple of days, but who cares about that? Listen, so talk to me about what your day was like today. What was your day like? Because I know that Kieran and Sal, they're hanging out in Cabo with their family, and it's a lot of fun over there, whereas, like, everything was just left to you. But just saying, though, the last time I remember them going on a vacation was— It's been a while. It's been a while, but it was during the release of— the Franklin Kristoff O2 Bermuda Blue. So my question to you this time is, did you come up with another exclusive for Gold Spot since <laughs> they're on vacation? Oh, no way. Um, that's that's a, that's a no-no right now at this point because... Why? Um, no, what, it's just, what's a no-no? No, I'm just saying like it's we need to pace ourselves appropriately because... Uh, you know, especially with uh, with people getting sick and stuff like that. We had a couple of people out this week, uh, this, actually just today, that were called that called out sick. So I was actually packing, and and if you ordered during this weekend or uh, today, uh, you might have you might see my signature on some of the orders going out. So you know, it's just that's that's just you gotta you gotta do what's needed to get it done. So, so wait, you had a couple people bang out because they're sick. And because of that, on on a Friday, no, wait, what day is it today? Oh, Monday. Today's Today Monday. Monday. Wow, that's how out of it I am. So on a Monday, you had to do everybody's <laughs> job, especially since the bosses aren't in. Well, not everybody's job. I gotta got to fill in for what is necess- necessary to get the orders out. So that, that happened to be in the shipping department because two people that were crucial to getting orders out were out today. So. Oh, is that why you were like so busy today? Oh, uh, that's why I was just like, uh, I can't do five, and I might not be. It's like it's just, it's yeah, it's crazy. Like mm. we just, uh, you know, so I was barely able to kind of get the the newsletter out and get that done. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and and we're trying to keep it at a minimum because we know that, especially Kieran loves to be like glued to what's going on at the office, even if she's not in the office, and we didn't want to have them be concerned about what's going on. You know, so that so that like everything's running smooth. Don't bother them. Just let them do their thing and have fun. So, mm. so yeah. does she do that? Like, is she is that the kind of boss she is? Like, she'll be on vacation but still check in with you and shit like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Total. Like, if she's like even out for the day and it's like, aren't you supposed to be out because like you were not feeling well and want to rest or whatever? It's like, oh no, but you know what? I, I or or it's like or it's like, oh, you aren't you supposed to be like going to a wedding? And it's like, oh, you know what? I have free time going on the on the car ride home, so I'm just I'm just checking in with you guys and mm. you know it's like I'm just doing this or that the other thing. So ah, uh, I see. Yeah. yeah. I wonder though. She's such a sweet person though. She's a nice person, yeah. and you know, I, as you know, we went to Carbone a couple of weeks ago, and that was a really good time. But what, how do you feel about a boss who does that? Uh, well, I mean, I think boundaries are important uh, because then you become too invested in your work. You know, you become too invested in your career and everything, and and there has to be room for the other important things that you 
have a career for. So your family and your son. So, like, I could kind of see sometimes where she just gets, like, really too, like, you know, stressed out about things going on at the office. And I would just rather, you know, I would hope that she could just kind of, like, have that proper perspective on it and, you know, and, and like, I, I, I do remind her of that sometimes. I'm just like, you know, it's like we both have families with, like, young kids and, you know, she's got, like, a little bit older kids and everything. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I just I, I see it. I see it myself sometimes, too. I'm just like, you know, what? I just got to take a step back and not mm-hmm. be so, like, wrapped up into things. But, yeah. Are you, are you ever able to be like, hey, boss, don't call here anymore. You're on vacation. <laughs> I told her before she left, I was like, I was like, I'm going to be checking in just to make sure how many drinks you've had. (laughs) It's like, are you, do you have a frosty, delicious colada beverage in your hand right now? If not, then you should. Right. But no, I'm just wondering like what your perspective is. Like, where do you draw the line between someone who's micromanaging and going overboard with someone who's just being a reasonable boss who needs to know what's going on, even though they're not there? Well, I mean, there has to be some... Like the the people that are like manning the the ship or or whatever, or just like you know at the office doing the work and everything, they need to feel that there is a certain confidence that's given to them that they have the agency to like do the things that are needed to get done and get them done. And if you're checking in all the time and like asking about every little thing, mm-hmm. then like they're gonna feel that oh you're always over my shoulder. Could you just like trust me and you know, I know that I'll get my things I need to get done. But she's not like that. Right. You know, she 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 trusts people like even the people that work. This there's, there's people that work remotely. Uh, there's there's people that like kind of were on freelance contract and there's people that are in the office. Mm-hmm. So we deal with all sorts of levels of commitment involved in, in like and in like how much management we have with certain people. So, you know, we know like there's like certain boundaries that you have to be set up and that you, you just like have to s- trust people, you know, to say like, you know, I hired you because I felt that you were able to handle the work and then be able to work independently and with the ability to, you know, just, just, I guess like, like be a self starter, I guess if that's the term that's mm-hmm. used for it. Yeah. So that, that to know that uh, you could handle the work on your own and that if you need help, you'll ask for it. If mm-hmm. you, you know, if you if you want to run with it, it's whatever. So. I'm just, you know, what the thing is, I don't own a pen retailing company, right? I'm not Kat Sal or Karen. I'm not Brian Goulet. I'm not Ronnie from Pen Chalet. I'm not any of these people. But what I do have in common is with them is I'm the boss at work. And when I go on vacation, the only thing I ever want to know or want to be bothered with when I'm on vacation is if something bad happened to anybody. That's all I need to know. You know what I mean? Because, and don't let me come back to work and find out that, you know, so-and-so's mother died. You let me know that, you know what I mean? Before I get, but while I'm on vacation, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I need to know that. I need to know that this guy is okay or this girl is okay. I need to know if my people are okay. Outside of that, I don't give a shit about anything. You know what I mean? And yeah. if I come back and I find out something like that, I'll be pissed off. I'll be like, why the fuck wouldn't somebody text me or call me? Let me know that so-and-so's, you know, kid is in the hospital or something. Like, like why would you not tell me something that crucial why would you let me find out after the fact when i get back like that's something i need to know on the spot but otherwise 
I'm fully confident that everybody is capable of doing whatever it is that they, you know, can what they're supposed to. I have no no fear of that whatsoever. So, and if they screw something up, then we deal with it when I get back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much shit could realistically go wrong? If the owners of a pen business are out of town for a week, like, like, what does she think? Does she think that if she went away and left you in charge, by the time she comes back, like the warehouse will be raided and burnt down and all the orders will have been like plenty of plenty (laughs) of strange things have happened. Like they tend to have things that they focus on, you know, happen at once every time that they go away to something. And it's usually like Internet related because we're. Mm -hmm. You know, because Goldspot's an internet-based retailer, so right. originally the servers that the whole entire website existed on were located in-house in the office. Mm. So it wasn't on the cloud as it is these days. So mm-hmm. what would happen is you would have like an internet outage or power outage or server gets fouled up. Something happens where you know the whole entire website could go down. Right, and but you that- have. That would have no recourse. That would have happened with them with them in town or out of town, right? Like, yeah, but it just happens to be like it, it's just kind of like a a black cloud where it's just like it just happens to be that these things happen while they're on vacation. Yeah, while they, when they take a vacation, so now they're now they're conditioned to kind of be nervous whenever they do take a like a week long trip. That oh something's gonna happen. You know, right. we just know it. It's gonna something's gonna happen. Right. So anyway, speaking of that. When we're off the air, let's come up with, because I have a, we don't have to come up with anything. I have it already in my head. A great prank <laughs> on that premise. You and I will okay. both text them this great prank and then scare the shit out of them. I think that'll be great. Because <laughs> right? she's already, uh, Kieran sent me some pictures of the pool she's at and the resort that they're at. It looks so awesome. God, it's so I awesome. did not get any pictures. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I did not get any pictures. <laughs> That's because they're like, don't send anything to Tom because we want to make sure he's busy working. And we don't yeah, want to Yeah, right, right. We don't want to make him, we don't want to make him super jealous yeah. that we're living this life right now. Yeah. But. I get it. They look like they're having a fantastic time and everything like that, but I have a great idea to prank the shit out of them just to, <laughs> you know what I mean? It would just be, it would be fantastic. I think it would That's be awful. Oh, no, That's but awful. it would, it would be would really fun. Why wouldn't we do that? I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> I think it would be such a great idea. Oh, I can't wait. So, okay. Anyway, what was I going to talk about? I wanted to talk to you about something as we were talking about this and I completely, oh, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite moments and the most savage moment on the internet this week for me oh gee was watching a video of you (laughs) talking about the parker like fucking june 2nd queen elizabeth birthday (laughs) video this shit was so funny man everybody has to watch this video for anybody that doesn't know what i'm talking about i what day was it bring up the page I it was uh, Friday's video. So on Friday, Tom for Goldspot. Now, I know that they're sponsoring, but this is not what I'm talking about. It's just I watched it, and it just had me rolling. I was laughing so hard. I was like a fucking donkey with asthma, wheezing and laughing. But it was and just – it really wasn't intended to do that either. It's no, just funny that you're – You know, you might not have intended to do it, but the intention was really clear. I'm looking at this guy talking about a $5,000 fucking Parker pen to commemorate the birthday of fucking Queen Elizabeth, which is great. You know, it's nice. Well, not her birthday, but when she ascended to the throne of, of – uh... 
of the United Kingdom. Oh, okay. Actually. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, it's like not her birthday. She's actually older than 70, but like right. she that but it's been 70 years since she was crowned queen of England. Wow. So then the the moment that made me laugh so much is you were like, "Well, if you're an American fan of the crown or whatever, and you want to celebrate, it might actually be cheaper, <laughs> cheaper to fly to London for a week than it would be to purchase this limited edition fountain pen. And I'm like, what a fucking savage. Here is this guy trying to sell a $4,700 pen telling you it's way cheaper to go to London for a week to celebrate as opposed to buying this pen that I'm right now trying to sell you. And then what made it even funnier was the look on your face was so transparent and clear. What I read on your face, and it might just be because I know you, was mm -hmm. your face said this. It's my job to, t to tell you to buy this, but <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> so, I mean, I was like watching that and I was losing my shit laughing. So what I did is I took my phone and I recorded my computer screen and I had to share it on my Instagram because it was just fucking hilarious. It's like... You know, for the first half of the video, you're talking about the Parker IM vibrant rings. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I have a Parker IM and I don't really care for it. But I think I actually want one of the vibrant rings. Like, the temperament of this video sounds a lot like Tom is for the Parker. And then the Queen Elizabeth right. pen comes up and I'm like, oh, nope, nope. <laughs> nope, never mind. Uh, I was wrong about that. Well, the thing is, too, <laughs> is that is that they have the, they have the audacity to price a limited edition pen that's numbered 70 pieces and then they have the same exact pen that's not numbered and put in a different standard parker dual full box mm. and price them differently just because one has a number written on it and has a cooler box than the other one so you could get you could get the <laughs> non-numbered version for like a few hundred dollars cheaper oh, just man. because you didn't want the the super limited numbered one and I mean, I mean the thing is parker is such a well-valued name out there in pendum that people will still buy this this parker sonnet to have as a collectible i mean not the sonnet the dual fold as a collectible yeah because especially since it's tied to the queen's uh platinum jubilee that it is a it is a significant milestone pen and it looks you know to give them plenty of credit it looks really cool it's done with sterling silver it's got a really awesome 18 karat gold nib that's super wet right and you know it's it's a really well i mean is it four thousand dollars awesome you know, my personal opinion, not really. Mm. Uh, there's plenty of other pens I could buy altogether for $4,000 I would definitely buy. But uh, for somebody that is a big fan and, let's say, loves Parker's, collecting Parker's, I mean, there's really not going to be any other thing that you can get that will beat that. Right. So. You know, I, so I have it on my screen right now playing it. And then I just love your face when you're like, it would be much cheaper than to actually purchase this limited edition pen. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be trying to sell this fucking thing. <laughs> but I want to read some of the reactions. I love it. And I wrote on the Instagram page. This is why the odd oink is my podcast partner, because he's a savage in his own way. <laughs> but I love what Brandon Stahl 001 on Instagram writes. Right. All he writes is hashtag savage oink. Love that Savage fucking oink. hashtag. Savage oink. That is fucking awesome. I think we need to create a new hashtag. We're going to call it the, call it Savage oink. That's going to be a new hashtag. That is awesome. I'm Brandon Stahl. I love you, but I am so jealous. 
so jealous that I didn't come up with the Savage Oink. Mm. Right? Like, that is so, I can't even take credit for it because it's too good to take credit for. Like, you know how I am. I'll just be like, oh, that's a new, new idea. I'm glad I came up with it. No. No, I can't even do it. Savage nope. Oink is so fucking awesome. I, you know, it's just, I don't know who this, let me, let me click on this guy. Oh, he has a, a private account stall, but I don't even know if he's, he's got to be a pen, pen guy because. Oh yeah, for sure. Because <clears throat> I, I believe that several times he's probably placed an order from at Gold Spot. Oh, sure. oh really? Oh yeah. 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 I, his name, his name rings a bell for sure. Okay. I mean, yeah. th this, these comments, these, they're just like absolutely absolutely fantastic and that one was certainly one of my favorites of all of them it just hilarious savage oink that is that's my new favorite <laughs> hashtag savage oink and cool joyce studio is like exactly the sentiment i feel oh my god i love it <laughs> vanessa says odd oink thug life hells yes <laughs> Hog, that's uh, such an on-brand comment for yeah. her <laughs> Hogtown pens blah ha 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 that is amazing everybody loves it you know and i'm like you know you gotta love the honesty you have to love the honesty you know who in their right mind is trying to sell a four thousand five thousand dollar pen and then turns around in the same sentence <laughs> just go to london it's cheaper <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing is that I, I never really approach it as like I'm trying to sell you these pens. It's just more or less like I would like to tell you about these pens and then it's up to you whether or not you would like to buy them. But right. if you'd like this additional piece of information and you're a big fan of the British monarchy, you could totally go to the UK, spend a week there, and then it would probably be about the same amount of money as buying that park. Yeah. You know what I really love so. about this is just your perspective is zero fucks given. <laughs> zero fucks given. But having said that, though, I do want to talk about the Parker brand just a little bit from your perspective. Because, you know, other than the cheaper stuff that I've reviewed in the past, such as the Parker Jotter, I think the Parker Jotter and the Parker 51. Now, I'm saying Parker 51 is one of the cheaper <laughs> ones because I'm talking about it relative to what do you got there oh you got a white claw you're gonna get hammered on the show no this is uh this is a busy i just uh popped open i figured i had to do it just yeah get you back for all the times that you do it <laughs> what's what's a busy what is that well, let me see what that is what are you drinking there? it's a hard seltzer it's oh so pineapple, it's, it's alcohol mango yes oh okay but it's not a white claw it's like a white claw but it's not a white claw oh okay so it's like it's got it's got antioxidant and vitamin c from a superfruit. right Great. Really see that, but, yeah, but it's yeah. alcohol. It's not good for you. Yes, it's alcohol. Right. Mm. But you know what the thing is, though? I would love for you to get hammered on the show. That would be great. You know, because out of the two I'm of us. I'm already a few in. Yeah. So... Nice. Yeah. This is going to be a new standard <laughs> for the odd oink. But I want to go back to talking to you about about Parker. Now, I said cheaper, okay. but listen, 150 bucks for the fucking bullshit new Parker 51 is not cheaper. Right. Mm -hmm. I think let's talk about the Parker 51 because that's one of the highest viewed videos on the Penboy Roy Fountain Pen Review channel. Do you feel like the Parker is 51? It? Yeah. Do you feel like the Parker 51 is a shit pen because it's called the Parker 51? Or do you think it's just a shit pen because it's just a shit pen? And if it were not called the Parker 51, if that were a 50 or $60 pen, would you still feel like it was a shit pen? Because honestly, the Parker 51, the modern Parker 51, if it were like a $60 pen, I think I would have been happy with it. Right. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't called a 51, if it was just called like the Parker 
something or no but see the thing is it looks so much like the the the, the problem is that it clearly like takes what people love about the parker 51 and then just basically does the whole movie like the hollywood thing to it and just Mm -hmm. reboots it for a modern audience and it just falls way short of expectations like it's nowhere near it's not the original no it's certainly not going to be what the original was so it's like it's like comparing the original ghostbusters with like the remake one that was done like relatively what like a few years ago or whatever excuse me let me stop you right there let me use a better example (laughs) let's take the original robocop versus the new robocop that came out with like five or six years ago i didn't see the new robocop so i don't have that as a uh okay so let me let me let me just save you some heartache right now don't watch the new robocop okay i wasn't going to right it's it's shit it does not do justice to the old robocop Anybody has any feelings about that? I want to hear what you have to think about it because I, I, I'm, I'm not like a pussy, right? If I have, if I say something, I invite people to share their opinions. I would never say something and be like, well, I don't want to hear your opinions because that's some coward ass bullshit. No, I want to hear you right in petrotainmentpodcast.gmail.com. Let's hear what you have to say about the new RoboCop movie versus the old RoboCop movie. Okay, because I want to know. If you disagree with what I'm saying and you think I'm an asshole for saying it, you let me know. And I want you to put in the subject I'm sure there's going to be so many people that are feel so strongly about that new RoboCop that are just going to be like, you know what? F this guy. I'm going to write it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but I, tell I honestly. Just how wrong he is. I think that they will agree with me when it comes to the RoboCop movie. I certainly sincerely do. But if you don't, I'm willing to hear you call me an asshole because I insulted your new RoboCop bullshit RoboCop movie. I want to hear about it. Let's go. Entertainmentpodcast at gmail.com. Write that shit in. Let me hear he about it. He is willing to throw down and die on this hill for Robocop. <laughs> the original Robocop. The original Robocop. Hold on. Let me just take this moment to say, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Oh, God. It gives me chills <laughs> just saying that out loud. Anyway. So who was it that was telling us that there was a deleted scene? Was that Josh? Was that Josh? Was Were we on the air when he said that? Like there's deleted a deleted scene? Yeah, there's a deleted scene from the original Robocop. It was just way too gory and bloody that they cut it out. Do you remember at the end of the original RoboCop when he just like he gets stabbed by the bad guy in the shoulder and he's like wait 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 and then he goes Whoosh! and then he stabs him in the neck and kills mm-hmm. the guy. In that scene, they cut it out of the original because it was too bloody, but blood was splurting all over the place when he killed the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Going back to Parker Pens and and instead of gratuitous RoboCop violence and then and. We're going to stop talking about the shitty RoboCop that came out five years ago in case that pisses anybody off. It does write in petrodamonpodcast.gmail.com. Anyway, <laughs> what do you feel about the current line of available Parker Duo Folds? Okay? do you? Because I don't have a Duo Fold that's modern, nor do I have a Duo Fold that's not modern. And I want to know, the Duo Fold was an iconic pen back in the day. How does the modern duo fold to you, and this is just your opinions, how does the modern duo fold compare to the vintage duo fold? And how does the price represent the duo fold now versus the price when the duo fold was a vintage pen? Give me your thoughts and opinions on that. Well, I can't speak to the vintage, vintage stuff because I don't 
own a vintage dual fold. And I've only seen what I know from my experience at, at Gold Spot, which is, you know, probably for the past like 15 or so years. So when, when I first joined back in 2007, it, I did see dual folds and they were like the, there was like the dual fold checks. Um, there was like an, like ivory and black one, which was pretty cool. And, and they had a good lineup that were, was very like highly in demand at the, at the time. Okay. Uh, dual folds were, were, were pretty popular. I'm trying to remember what the pricing on it was, but I even think with a gold nib, I don't think those pens cost any more than like, I want to say like 400 bucks. Okay. And it was just like they were they were very, very highly sought after and they still are to mm-hmm. this day. Uh, but then they kind of phased it out. They they brought in like the they said, oh, here's a big red, which is basically like a reddish orange, you know, solid resin pen with a gold trim on it. And they had like one that was lapis with blue. And it was like an ivory white one with gold trim. So it's just basically your solid resin pens, nothing special about it. And then they had like the prestige collection, which was like all like machine done, like the like herringbone patterns on like metal. And they they did kind of like a premium version. And those like actually were the ones that started to creep up beyond, let's say, the iPhone price where it's like above the thousand dollar mark. You know, it's just that that at that point just becomes ridiculous because it's like that that it that sort of jumping in price for the same cartridge converter gold nib pen that was out you know 10 years ago it just didn't seem to me like it was reasonable to to be demanding that high of a price point for that pen mm-hmm. uh, i mean it is it's is nice but like there's so many other options that are out there with a gold nib okay and cartridge converter or piston fill because usually a lot of people do equate a higher value with something that's other than cartridge converter because cartridge converter is kind of seen as like oh it's kind of the entry level or just the generic you know sort of filling system Mm -hmm. that most people would have on their pens and you know for something that's a little bit more pricier oh like a vacuum fill or a piston fill would carry more value Um, i mean i don't necessarily agree with that but like a lot of people feel that way so then when you see a thousand dollar pen you would assume it has some sort of like elaborate filling mechanism other than a cartridge converter okay uh so so really there's you know there's not i i don't feel that there's enough justified value and i think that the brand itself needs to come down off of its like high horse of where it <laughs> thinks that it is uh-huh. and just say and just and just be more accessible to the public just like george s parker had intended the brand to be because that's where that's where i think that it really gained such a widespread like appeal globally Mm. was that it was a value brand it wasn't like like at the time you had like conklin and waterman pens i think we're seen more as you know the fine writing like mont blancs of the era whereas parker was like here's a 51 and it's like it it's inexpensive and like we want to get pens he's a t-ball jotter Mm -hmm. you know it's like we want pens to be in people's hands and we want them to be accessible to a wide market to as many people as possible but like but like increasing everything up into the stratospheres of like you know five hundred thousand dollars doesn't make it very accessible to people no no and i see i'm looking at the parkerpen.com website and on the parker pen website i'm seeing different lines so we have the sonnet a timeless symbol of elegance we have the parker 51 (laughs) a classic parker pen reimagined not very well urban 
you got the Parker IM. I don't know what the IM ever stood for. What I w- f- I'm guessing this is this is just me because I grew up in the age of AOL Instant Messenger, but like I would just say Instant Message. <laughs> that's, All right, that's just my thing. Okay, so then they got the Jotter, as everybody knows the Jotter, and then the Vector XL. I don't know what the Vector is, but I'm assuming that the Vector is like a cheaper pen, right? Yeah, it's pretty inexpensive. And yeah. and then you got the Jotter Originals. So I've done a review on the Jotter fountain pens, and the Jotter fountain pens, I don't think they're as good as the Jotter ballpoint pens, right? They Parker really made a name for themselves with the Jotter ballpoint pens. I feel like the Jotter fountain pens were a kind of a weak rendition of what the Jotter is. And then they redid mm-hmm. the Jotter, which I think was great, and that's the one I actually reviewed. I didn't have a problem with that one for a $25 pen. It wasn't bad. It didn't come with a converter, which I think you and Kieran and Sal made right. You just gave converters with it, which begged the question to me when I was watching your video on the Parker IM rings. That's a $60 pen, bro. And you're like, it's yeah, not going to... they include- don't come with converters. I know so. that, but what are you going to do to fix that for our listeners and for the followers and loyal followers of Goldspot? I mean, isn't there some sort of, I don't know, let's just include one anyway mentality just to make things right for people? Right or no? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like you know. I feel like you in particular would go out of your way to do something like that if it were a pen brand that you adored. Like if Leonardo's for some reason didn't come with a converter, you would just include it. I feel like you're just like you're not in in a rush to really throw in a few dollars for the Parker brand. It's almost as if it's like, you know what? They don't deserve my extra effort. Well, it, here's the thing. Okay, so I, I don't even know if the Parker 51 premium, as I'll put them in like air quotes, <laughs> if, that, if that one with the engraved cap will actually come with a converter or not. I'm not 100% sure. I would hope so. Right. At a pen that retails for like 180 bucks that you would get a converter with it. But I I don't see any guarantee with that, and it's just it's just sad that they don't understand the market as well as they should, and I think that they I think that the division of Newell Rubbermaid runs that entire brand from a spreadsheet mm-hmm. in terms of like this is the dollars and cents that we expect out of the Parker brand, this is how much we expect growth this year, this is how much we have to increase prices, and that's evident with my comment about the whole Clippy, the Microsoft Office Assistant, like Mm. making up the prices because the prices are that freaking wonky with Mm. like how it's like how it's like $183.64. And it's just like that's the price for it. It's like there's no it's just there's no like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just no like consistency with with like, oh, it's like $185 for this, $164, you know, it's just like they put the extra sense on it it's almost makes it seem like they're trying to purposefully throw you off like in terms of like how much it's worth because usually you would see like 139.95 or like you know a flat 150 or 200 you know it would make it would have some sort of like ceiling that just makes sense but like the way that they do it just it just seems that somebody said oh well, we need to do a price increase well let's just take this row and then do a formula that says this price times 1.3 
and then this is what the price, the new price is going to be. And then whatever it was, it was like, well, that's it hmm. right there. And then, no, right. Not not regarding any of the the perception from the marketplace and like from the consumer level, right? Like how that's going to look. So so people will be like, why the fuck is the price like and twenty three and a half cents? Like what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> they don't give a shit. They're just coming up with numbers. I hear what you're saying. So, uh, real quick, just because since I'm on the topic of the dual fold, what is the difference between the Centennial International? Are they different sizes? Is there only they one size? Sizes. Okay, so explain they that. Are different sizes. So the Centennial is like the larger of the two sizes. It's kind of like talking about like a like a Pro Gear Slim and a Pro Gear Regular. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one's one's a much thicker and slightly larger <clears throat> pen. Okay. Than the other one is, yeah. Okay. So that's about yeah. Both both cartridge converter. Both had gold nibs, mm-hmm. uh, but they're just one was like larger than the other one was. Mm. You know what confuses? They, they don't really sell them that way anymore, though. Oh, they okay. used to, but they don't really sell them that way. So what really confuses me about the Parker line is is you'll have pens within the same line, but some of them will be different prices. Like some, like the IM, mm-hmm. one of them is forty nine dollars, another one's fifty six dollars, another one is eighty seven dollars, another one is a hundred and fourteen. Like why are they are there so many price points for the same line it gets confusing after a while that's that's exactly what i'm trying to say oh this is some it's like somebody said like oh let me build out all the components to this pen this is how much it costs let's multiply this cell by 4.567 percent and here's what the price is going to be you know this is like that's that's just what was you know, somebody just did it from a spreadsheet, not like considering like, oh, well, somebody else might see that same pen in a different finish and say, oh, well, this finish is cheaper. I'm going to buy this one. It's like, well, at that point, why don't you just make them both the same price so that people could just choose strictly on which style is going to be more preferable to them mm-hmm. as opposed to giving them the price incentive too? right. I see. So is there any pen... Hold on a second. I think I just hit a button. I just want to make sure I didn't fuck up the recording. Okay, no, no, I didn't. Thank God. Okay. okay. Is there any pen? Oh, you fucked up the recording? No, no. The, the recording is screwed up now? No. <laughs> <laughs> so is there any pen that, like, for example, the uh, the Parker line that you think is worth its weight in gold, right? So, like, the Centennial we were talking about, and you're like, it's $1,000. It's a cartridge converter. There's other pens out there. What about if you look at something else? Was there something where you're like, hey, this is worth it? Like, I'm looking at the Parker Sonnet Prestige Fountain Pen in silver with, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Sizzle. Sizzle. C-I-S-E-L-E pattern, 18 karat. So you got an 18 karat gold nib. And the pen is made of sterling. The barrel and cap is made of sterling silver. Did I mention it has an 18 karat gold nib? Yeah, I did. And Yes, you did. It's a cartridge converter, sure, but it's $400 for a sterling silver, solid sterling silver pen with an 18 karat gold nib. To me, that pedigree sounds more appropriate. How do you feel about right. it? I, I, I do like that. And actually, one of the first pens that I ever had, like first nice pens, my my then girlfriend, now wife, had gifted to me was a Parker Sonnet ballpoint pen. It was a black matte with silver, you know, chrome trims or whatever. But they, but yeah, it was it, like I, I, I still have it to this day. It has like sentimental meaning to me, and and you know I still use it. It's it's a, you know it's it's it is really like a a great like heirloom quality type of pen that if you found a particular style that you liked, you know it's 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 a good investment to make. Like mm-hmm. a sonnet is good, 
um yeah especially like you said it's like 18 karat gold nib it's just going to be a little bit from what i've also heard and my per, my own experience with the dual fold is that like the gold nibs are are kind of on the broader side right so, know, so i was like <laughs> if you got a medium you could probably expect it to be like a broad and it's gonna right. be wet too so yeah i heard that too I, like I said, I never had a duo fold because looking at it, the ones that were available when I was shopping for it, that was years ago when Dawn was still working at Goldspot. Mm-hmm. It was just like a solid color. It was like a black. And I'm like, well, that, I guess that's classic, but it seems kind of boring for just a solid right. acrylic pen. And it's like, there's just so many other pens that are exactly like it. And just the only difference with the Parker is that it's got the arrow clip. Like, yeah. There's just so many other pens that are exactly like that same design right and uh, so now i'm looking at the parker sonnet prestige fountain pen in silver with the sicily pattern 18 karat gold nib and i'm looking at that and i'm like you know these days i've been getting into metal pens sterling silver pens in particular because of our relationship with luxury brands and how much i like the sterling silver pens they have and i'm looking at this one the sonnet is not very big of a pen, but this one does look really nice. I feel like mm-hmm. this this sonnet looks really nice, and I think if I were to buy another pen by Parker, I think this one would be probably the only one that I would go with. I can't really the Sizzle design that grid sterling silver design all the way down is by far one of the best, like most like longest lasting designs of that collection Mm. there's a a lot of things that change within that sonnet line like they go from all lacquers to lacquer with a chrome cap then they have the ones with the special decorations on the cap then they have all sorts of different wackadoo designs Mm -hmm. but that sisley pattern by far one of the best performing like understated or underrated kind of patterns that they have in their entire collection like has been around since uh, since forever since I've known the Parker brand. Okay, cool. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Now, there are other sonnets, and I'm looking at websites throughout other different websites and stuff like that. And some sonnets are a hundred bucks, some are two hundred bucks, some are five hundred bucks. There, like you said, the prices are going all over the place and and whatnot and stuff, but. That Sicily pen, for example, I'm looking at it on goldspot.com, all right, and I'm wondering, like, so that Sicily pen that I'm talking about is $396.92 at Goldspot, okay? Yeah. That same pen on Amazon is 290 What causes such a price difference like that? Oh, yeah, Amazon's a lot of fun to deal with when it comes to this stuff because mm-hmm. they just price things well. Because it's like how Parker is. It's like we're it's the same thing as a lot of other brands that Goldspot carries is that, you know, this coupons like, for example, the Roy coupon code can't work on certain things because if it does, then it drops it below what they call the map which stands for minimum advertised price. Mm-hmm. So there's policies that retailers have to observe in order to prevert, pres- preserve the brand uh, integrity that like no one's going to decide to like undercut the brand price to like sell something to next to nothing, you know, to, to undervalue them what that pen is actually worth in the terms of like the consumer's idea of like value. Right. So, so that they have these protections in place for all 
like authorized retailers to make sure that no one's going to play the whole pricing game where it's like, oh, well, this one's selling it for a dollar cheaper. So I'm going to sell it for two dollars cheaper mm-hmm. and it's three dollars cheaper then it's fifteen dollars cheaper. Then it's just a race to the bottom. Whoever could sell it for the cheapest. And in the meantime, like the part the brand is like devalued to say like, oh, well, uh, if they release anything new, that pen isn't worth one hundred dollars. It's really worth like 50 because that's what it'll end up dropping to when these retailers like fight over it with each other right so that so that's what they try to protect but amazon plays by its own rules mm. just like how walmart is is a is a kind of like a bully to all of its vendors right that they buy from like amazon's the same thing amazon's basically like you know you're you should be grateful we're buying your product so we could buy it and then sell it for whatever we want to and you can't say anything and right if we if we sell something that's defective we're going to throw it out in the trash and then you still owe us the money for a defective product like it's it's they're that like strong when it comes to like how they deal with people who shot who sell items to them directly so parker sanford um new rubber made their parent company sells these products to them and then they do whatever it is that they want to them. So, you know, from a consumer point of view, great, I guess for cheap. But like from a retail point of view, you're like, hey, man, I'm trying to I'm doing I'm putting in the work over here to let people know about these products and that they could be spending money on a vacation rather than buying a Parker Duofold. And, you know, you're going to turn around and then sell that pen for like, you know, 40 percent off. Well, I, I can't do anything better than what the advertised price is on the website. Like, OK, good for you. Right. You so know? so it seems like and I've heard this from another member of a distribution company that owns their own brand. I asked that person and I don't want to mention names what it was like dealing with Amazon because they also one of their clients happens to be Amazon. He said like whenever they go below the minimum advertised pricing agreement, we'll call them up and we'll say, hey, listen, you guys can't do that. You're screwing over all the other retailers. They'll literally just be like, all right, well, call a lawyer, go fuck yourself and hang up on them because Amazon has so much money and power that these distributors could try to do something about it and then they, they won't they won't get anywhere. The problem is, the problem that exists is these distributors also rely on the business that comes from Amazon in order to keep them afloat. So they're kind of being held hostage and like you said, bullied. So that does kind of, that does kind of Well, suck. see, the thing is, the, the, the attractive proposition is that Amazon is, gives you the biggest reach because Amazon is the world's biggest retail store online. Right. So they give you the biggest possible reach huge huge amounts of quantity volume sold that you know you would just look at it and you're like this is incredible how much can sell through amazon but the thing is is that it's just basically like making the deal with the devil and right the, the, the devil wants its pound of flesh for what it you know for what it gives you and they're going to charge you premiums in terms of the sales commissions they're going to charge you you know, everything, like any returns, if somebody decides to buy the pen, put another pen, like a Jinhao, in the box, send it back to Amazon, do the Am- the little Scamazon swaparoo, and send it back to Amazon saying, oh, well, I got the wrong pen, and, you know, gives a, gives a refund to the consumer, and then you're stuck with the, the pen that the person swapped out on you. There's no, there's no accountability, and... You know, it's a it's a double edged sword because, like I said, they, it's a very very attractive volume, 
And if you could afford it with the margins involved, like if if you might be a brand or a distributor where you have some margin to be able to handle that that sort of thing happening, then great. But like for at a retail level where you know you have barely any margin to work with and to begin with, and then you're competing on price with things, it's it's just you're you're basically selling you know pens that are worth hundreds of dollars for like a few bucks like in profit that's it mm. you know it's not worth it at the end of the day well don't go saying shit like that out loud because now people are going to get ideas they're going to be like oh i'll just order it off amazon stuck stick a screwdriver in there return it and say i didn't get the right object and then oh, they can get people it. know about this already all right it's but then if you thing. if listen if you guys if you fucking and, then, and plus like you have to let your scruples kind of like you have to let your, your sense of moral compass and you know you have to like you have to like rely that some people are actually going to have some moralities about it and say you know what i'm, I'm not going to do that right which pe- most people do most good. people do good but let me just if you fuckers out there listening are going to do something like that just make sure it's shipped from and sold by amazon and not like a private seller, because then you're really fucking over the private seller, right? So you like, really, you really are not giving our audience any credit. You think that they would probably prefer the RoboCop reboot over the original RoboCop, and now you're going to tell me that they're going to play Scamazon games with people? I'm not saying they will. Not giving credit. I'm just saying that if you plan on playing Scamazon, make sure you're fucking over Amazon. And not like a like not like an actual retailer, you know what I mean? Because like the retailer will will get hurt. Scamazon, Amazon, they won't get hurt. They won't even give a shit. So I'm just yeah, saying, Jeff that. Bezos will just have to delay his latest rocket launch till next year. He won't even have to delay his rocket launch till next year. It won't even delay him for a second. This guy is so fucking rich. It, if he saw a hundred dollar bill on the ground, it would cost him money in time to pick up that hundred dollar bill than it would just to walk past it. So, anyway, don't don't play the Scamazon thing. It's just it's unethical. Don't do unethical shit. And if you're going to, make sure it's shipped and sold by Amazon. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fucked up thing to say either way. But anyway, yeah. So I don't know. Of all the pens that Parker has, I the Jotter. I think it's a great twenty five dollars starter if it comes with a converter. I think the IM is a little bit. For what it is, I think it's a little too expensive for what it is. The Sonnet, other than the one made of sterling silver, and it's a $400 pen. I, I see these other ones that are just lacquered metal. What makes that pen a 400 oh, I'm sorry, a $115 pen? Does it have a gold nib? Do they do all sonnets have a gold nib? Because well, no, they the so so there is like the sonnet essentials, the ones that have the chrome caps, the uh, or stainless steel caps, those have steel nibs on them. Mm-hmm. So there is a jump, like there is a jump between the like the ones that are in the hundred or so price range to the ones that are like the three hundred or four hundred in price range because. Yeah, there, there's a difference between the the stainless steel and the gold nib. So what makes, so if anything at all, what makes a Parker Sonnet with a steel nib and a stainless steel cap worth one hundred and fifteen dollars? It's because they priced it as such. Okay, so so <laughs> it's so basically for one hundred and fifteen dollars, your standard Sonnet it comes with a steel nib. And it's a cartridge converter. And by the way, we're talking cartridge converter. We're talking proprietary. Don't forget that because Parker makes their own proprietary shit. It's just $115 because they say so. It could be $50 because they say so. But it's just $115 because be, they say so. But it is like a – so it's like a brass inner 
barrel. It's a, it's like they, 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 and then they lacquer it for the barrel at least. Um, you know, so it's like, it's like equivalent to, let's say if you were looking at a Waterman expert or hemisphere, Mm -hmm. it's in that same sort of strata Okay, where it's like, it's like you have a, you know, decent quality stainless steel nib and cartridge converter system. Mm. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, okay, you know, it's just like, it's something that if you wanted to get into that, like good, like nice premium range of, of like writing instruments that it's above let's say a starter pen like a vector xl or a parker im or an urban you know it's like it's kind of on that same category and then and then you have the 51s are right there too and you know as as much as like you think that the 51 is like the most okayest nib that's out there like it just you know it's decent but like i kind of like it I, I like it for the fact that I like hooded nibs because they do afford you a different type of writing experience than a standard nib would be because you can grip it like really close to the writing surface. And then also the nib is is easier to fill using ink samples or like getting really to the bottom of a of an ink right. bottle. I remember you saying so that on the video. It has a little bit. Yeah, it's like a little bit more utility built into it where it's like and it's also less assuming, too. So it's like super streamlined and has a very like nice looking form about it. Right. You know, it's it's not for everybody because like but like I think that the the 51, though, if you were to shop around for a vintage 51, I would probably recommend doing that over the modern one. Right. I definitely agree. You could get. Yeah. Because what made what made the vintage 51 so cool was also the capping mechanism. Which yeah, is the, gone. The, uh, the slip cap. Yeah, is gone in the new one. So yeah. that brings me back to the new 51. You know, the new 51 with the gold nib runs, what does it cost? Hold on, let me check. Oh, that's with the gold nib? It's like, yeah, it's over three something, I think, at least. Yeah, it seems preposterous considering if you wanted a hooded nib with a nice slip cap that has a 14 karat gold nib, Lamy 2000. You can't beat a Lamy 2000 in that pedigree. Oh, it's, it's it's really hard to beat a Lamy 2000, period. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. I feel like the Parker, people will buy Parker because it's a Parker, irrespective of its pedigree. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the duo folds that they have, the Parker Dual Fold 100th Anniversary Centennial Fountain Pen, and they got the red, blue, and the black one. It's got like that, it has like that dashed, stacked acrylic pattern and stuff like that. Is that acrylic? Uh, don't even get me started with that. Don't get me started with that. Get, no, get started with even. that. Go for it. No, because like, like that whole that whole stacked acrylic look is supposed to look like like the 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 vacuumatic like the stack celluloid thing and it just looks nothing like it it just looks like a f- fake comparison you know it's just it just no just don't do it <laughs> if you're going to if you're going to do anything less than that material that's on a that's on a, a vacuumatic then just don't even bother right like, no cuz i love my that's the thing the reason why i'm like so amped up about it is i, I love my vac i love vacs i had like six of them at one point mm. and they were gorgeous like i had the green one the silver one the brown one the uh the blue one and, and it just was like it was just such a real and i had to get rid of uh, i got rid of all of them except for the blue one because i was like all right i have way too many of these things i love them all but like they were just they, they, there's nothing else that's like it but like if you make a material that's supposed to 
kind of look like it but really doesn't it's like don't just don't right no, i think visconti did a very no. good job at recreating that they did right the wall street yeah, one. yeah yeah oh yeah was that actually the same material or did they just create an acrylic that looked like it i think it i think they recreated the same material if i'm not mistaken but i i i i i, I applaud them for doing that's that's an amazing job that they did with that wall street yeah right this right so, here this dual yeah. fold is not it it's it's no, it's not it. it almost looks like something that belongs in an 8-bit video game right <laughs> i'm looking yes. at it and it's like well where the fuck is mario and knocking a mushroom out of this thing right yeah but then they say too is that with i, I don't know if they see the description or whatnot but uh for that dual fold with the with that like vacuumatic-esque sort of like pattern <laughs> yeah the anniversary thing is that is that like it supposedly it took so many parts for them to put that together it's like all like stacked and it's like it's like it doesn't matter it doesn't look like it is it just looks like somebody just like painted stripes over it like it doesn't you know it doesn't appeal it doesn't look like it has like anything else that's going on with it right like so it, basically it doesn't have that I'm going to read this statement. The diffusion bonding technique allows layers of material to be joined without the use of solvents or adhesive. Stop. Each dofold 100 no. pen remarkably <laughs> contains around 300 individual pieces of resin. So if you look at it on the Parker Pen website on the Parker Pen page, they I'm sorry, the Parker Pen dofold page, like the little segments are shown separated from the pen in what looks like a computer imaging it, mm -hmm. it kind of skeeves me out in kind of the same way you said your wife has that phobia of like, remember I sent you a TikTok video and you're like, you showed that to your yes. wife. What is that phobia called? Uh, let's see. Hold on a second. It's called tripophobia. Yeah, it's a, it's a phobia of like. Disgust or fear of pattern of holes. Yeah, that kind of skeeves me out. It's like, it's not. And then like I Googled that and there's pictures of people's hands with like these weird like sunflower seed holes in their hands like because they just superimpose images to make it look skeevy and gross and it really mm -hmm. works it gives me the heebie-jeebies but this also does that too <laughs> 300 different pieces it's like come on here's what they did they created like a checkered acrylic and then they just turned it that's what happens like don't make it sound like something bigger than it is and then charge a thousand dollars so the msrp for a parker dual fold 100th anniversary centennial fountain pen is $1,500, but $1,500 and seven cents. That's what I love about it. This is going back to what you were saying, Tom. Yes. $1,500 and seven cents. But with retailers <laughs> online, you can get it for a whopping $1,020 and five cents. Well, see, if you want to, if we want to compare pens, okay, and just say like, well, what, what else is there that kind of is like this? So we're talking, if we're talking diffusion bonded resin, precious resin, <laughs> and we're going to talk about something that has a lot of components with the resin and that there's an intricate pattern involved let's look at our friends at leonardo officina italiana I and they're never heard of them momento the the momento zero in the in the mosaico hold on a second which Let me is look for that. which so the mosaico oh it takes the concept of the hawaii or the sand pens that have the the strips of yeah. acrylic and instead of cutting it lengthwise, they cut the the sheets of the acrylic uh, perpendicularly so that you would have what is essentially the same thing as here is you would have blocks of acrylic 
going all throughout the pen yeah looking like a mosaic pattern so and then that pen starting at 295 boom there you go yeah and it's Not also a cartridge one thousand dollars so and then you got you got a piston fill instead of a cartridge converter is this a piston well, filler so. are you sure yeah, uh, Mosaic goes a piston fill. Oh, yeah, and it also has a 14-carat gold nib for $300. Well, was a four- yeah, f- well, not for 300 That's that's. Oh, uh, I'm that's sorry. That's the one that's above five. Yeah, steel, it's I see. It's a steel nib for 295 mm. If you wanted to get in on the on the steel nib for 295 you could do that. For the gold nib, uh, that one would come in like five, was it? 549 starting. Well, this is clearly, so, this is clearly more pen for the money. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Big and time. I think it's definitely, I think this one here, the Leonardo Mosaico fountain pen in Chiroscuro, the brown beige-ish mm-hmm. one, this one is gorgeous. So basically, like you said, this is the the acrylic that they describe as spaghetti acrylic. But yeah, it's but just, just cut perpendicularly instead of like lengthwise. Right. I think it's brilliant. I like it. It looks really, really cool. I like the brown one, the Chiroscuro. That one looks really good. Mm-hmm. The orange looks really nice. You know, I haven't had a Leonardo in some time. I got to tell you. <laughs> and I got to tell you, this guy, Salvatore, he does such a great job. You know, uh, there are people out there, and without mentioning names, you know, because these are conversations we're having in private and stuff like that. And I don't know if they want me saying this, but they're like, oh, yeah, they need a distributor. They're not going to get, they're never going to make it anywhere without a distributor. I give them a year. Like four years later, they're like, big they're doing fine without a distributor they're able to charge less and they sell some fantastic pens you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they're doing just i mean it would be a different i i think that easily if this was another brand an italian brand that you'd be looking at for a gold nib you'd be looking at at least seven eight hundred dollars yeah sure sure so yeah, I mean, so I, 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 they're definitely yeah. doing a fantastic job, Leonardo. And I remember years ago when we were just talking about Leonardo before you were actually carrying Leonardo, you were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, we got to work something out because I would love to carry their pens." You had a boner for Leonardo back then, and <laughs> I remember when you first started carrying them, how much you loved them. And they've only gotten better because they originally started off with Bach nibs now they're going into Yovo nibs they're they're just really only getting better i'm very impressed with where leonardo is and i think i might have to get myself a leonardo coming up soon because they are very 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 impressive pens how many do you have already do you know like offhand leonardos do i have on my person so all the leonardos yeah. that i have i didn't they they were all part of reviews and they were all part of you know, you giving them to me for reviews and social media stuff. So eventually these they all ended up being giveaways. And I've given okay. them all away. So how many do I have in my own possession now? I have So you don't have any I, now at the moment. I don't have any. And I know that I know that I'm missing out. I know how great they are. You know what I'm saying? Um so you that don't need to convince me of that. I know that. That um because <laughs> I usually don't say um, but the um that I inserted just now and then pause is you your time to say, oh, I'll have you sent. I'll have one sent to you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. No. Let's just go. <laughs> I'm not feeling particularly generous about throwing in converters with Parker pens or, or sending, sending me you any pens today. Hey. I, when, I start, when I start drinking, I get very, like, selfish. <laughs> so. so I want to have a discussion with you since we brought up 
the whole Leonardo thing. I know one of your favorite pens is that blue celluloid Leonardo pen you have with the stub nib. Mm-hmm. And I think that one was $700, was it? Thereabouts, about, yeah. About $700. And that Which is, is insane. It's a celluloid friggin' piston fill fountain pen with 14 karat gold nib. Like, how do you... Is that pist- How is it... Are you sure it was a piston fill? Yes, yeah. I'm absolutely sure. I use the pen all the time. So, mm. like, yeah, it's, it's, it was rare because, like, so any of the limited edition Leonardo's at first, because they didn't have any piston fillers. They only had the cartridge converter, Momento Zero, the Ferraris. They didn't have the Momento Zero Grandes yet with the piston fill system. So any so there's also a Ferrari that they did in the Dark Abyss celluloid that is a piston filler. The the Mediterranean celluloid that I have is a piston filler as well. It has a different piston filler than that's on the Grandes right now because the Grandes have a metal piston filling mechanism. I think they actually used the celluloid in the piston fill mechanism that's in my pen because, like, when you unscrew the piston, you see the threads. It's still celluloid in there. Mm. Like, you don't see any metal inside. Right, right. So, so like, the, the rod is probably metal, but I don't know, like, the internal components or whatever, but, like, this thing is is uh it's just the the, the piston mechanism so smooth on it the the nib is like butter it's it's a bach nib and that's what really had like really got my interest about bach nibs is that is that it just the 14 karat gold bach nib was just such a beautiful writer it's like it's very wet it's like super smooth has a little bit of bounce to it and as a stub like i could write with it upside down if i want to get like a little bit thinner of a line or i could write with it regular side for like a nice juicy stubby line um so it's yeah it's definitely one of my favorites i'm sorry i'm going on so much about it it's just i big big fan <laughs> so i couldn't tell yeah yeah i couldn't and tell it's, and it's yeah, and it's and unfortunately I'm like raving about it. It's like not a pen that is made anymore, and that's what also makes it appealing to me as well. Is that it's like it's yeah, like super rare now. No, so. but you know what the thing is though. Although it's not being made, it's not like people don't have access to anything like it, right? Mm-hmm. So, what you're talking about is a very expensive acrylic pen, but he, I'm sorry, a very expensive celluloid pen. But there's other pens that he has, like the uh, limited editions that are still available, the other Memento Zeros. I'm looking at the Leonardo Officino Memento Magico that also looks really good with a 1.5 ink capacity. That is a huge ink capacity, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, like it's not like there are options that are unavailable. There's plenty of options. And, you know, I'm looking what I'm finding on the Goldspot website that I think is – Shocking, mind blowing to this. Still, you still have messengers available. Is he still making those, or is it that you just have? No, it's just it's like the very last of what was available of that limited run. Mm. So it was like from a couple, at least like from I think 2019, I want to say. So maybe like two, three years ago. Yeah, when those were available, and they they were actually the first Leonardo's that had Yovo nibs. Yes, on them. I remember. And they that. have the older style Yovo nibs with the floral decorations on them right i hear you because i remember you never get you never hooked me up with the green one that i wanted so much so just right (laughs) you know write that down please but just for everybody (laughs) listening i'm going to (laughs) i'm going to he's drunk so he actually means yes he i'm going to put a link in the description below for the messengers an affiliate link for the messengers because these are actually once they're gone, they're gone. I, I really think people need to jump on them. They're $131.20 
that to me is yeah. I think the, they're being cleared out too, so yeah. it's like less than what they usually go for. Uh, the MSRP I think was one sixty five. Now it's one thirty one twenty. So <clears throat> I'm gonna leave that in the link, and then I'll post pictures of it as soon as Tom sends me the green one. And no. I'm going to. <laughs> the, I don't like you when you're drunk. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not drunk, by the way. I'm just, uh, I'm just feeling relaxed right now. I like so. it. I like it. I actually had a long, had a long day. Needed some unwinding time. So. Yeah. Listen, they're gonna be out for a while, so you're gonna have a long week. Yeah. So another one I want to yeah. talk about also is the Leonardo Momento Magico Fountain Pen in Pietra Salata. Right. Okay. Pietra Salata. Yes. What a gorgeous resin. This looks very familiar. Pietra Salata. That looks exactly like the resin. Yeah, it looks it looks like the uh the nouveau blue. The nouveau blue. It's the Esti Nova Blue nouveau resin. Blue. Yes. That that they claim was proprietary to Esterbrook, which is not, apparently. They fooled me. Mm. And I'm also looking at the Leonardo Momento Magico fountain pen in Tramonto Sunset. That's a very nice looking resin also. Mm-hmm. Very beautiful choices of resin. Like this guy, this guy Salvatore from what a he's got fantastic an eye for resin. Ah, yeah, he's got an acrylic resin. I think yeah. he's got an eye for everything. So I have a Delta journal that I've been messing around with. It's it's an older pen, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But they've made mistakes. The brand Delta. All everybody, every cook in the kitchen in that brand, they've made mistakes. But man, have they learned from their mistakes and have they risen from the ashes of defeat? Because right now, everybody who, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody who started their own business that used to be part of Delta, they're doing fantastic because they're not making the same fucking mistakes that they did before. And I think it's... Yeah, they decided not to have a limited edition series that exploits the indigenous peoples of the world. So what? that's at least a positive. Say that again. You don't remember the Delta? Delta had like a series of limited edition pens that were uh, of like different indigenous peoples, like the, uh, you know, like the Native American and the uh, there's a what's I'm trying to think of the other one. Those there's like a whole bunch of them that are out there. Too. I have no idea. Uh, what are you talking about? Talk to me. No. Uh, so so they they make. So, you know, Delta used to make limited editions. They would do, like, a lot of different limited editions. Like, usually we'd have, like, Sterling Silver. They, they would they would be very much, like, kind of, like, Monte Grappa-ish, where they right. would, like, very... They would be, like, their own designs and kind of have some funky elements about it. Right. So, like, Delta had an Indigenous Peoples collection. Okay. So this Indigenous Peoples pens would be would be named after various indigenous peoples and they would have like different stylistic elements that would be reflective of let's say their ethnic art the like symbol symbology that's re- related to their culture and whatnot so so they would make these pens and then they would infuse them with all these symbols and then sell them for many many you know hundreds if not like a thousand dollars or so I uh, was just like looking at the retail suggested retails, let's say for uh, special edition. What is this for? Mm-hmm. Which one was this here? Uh, Indios mm-hmm. uh, was for like there was a limited edition that was like a lever filler for <laughs> nine hundred twenty-five dollars, uh-huh. an edition of fifteen hundred pieces. So they would do this for all of the various indigenous peoples that were, you know, 
wiped out essentially by Europeans at some point or another, you know, like just basically taking, you know, appropriating their culture and just putting it on a pen to sell it then to Mm. other people. So it's just like, it's like, okay, you know, it's like uh, they had uh, the Maya, Mapuche, Adivasi, Sami, Indios, Ainu, Toreg, Maori, and the Cossacks, Native American. Yeah, this, this, this series went back to 2003. So, so it was a, it was a while, 2003 to 2011. They would do this. I see. So you know, not falling into that sort of realm where they would be doing these like limited edition runs, like it, of you know specific cultures. Like they just decided, it's like, oh, well, if we're going to do a limited edition run, we'll just make it. You know, like we'll just make it a special pen that's just done with the material. Like we don't have to make it out of anything. Mm. You know, we don't have to take anybody's like you know, culture, just, just make a special pen. That's it. Right. You know? Right. So I was actually referring to just the whole pricing debacle that they, they kind of screwed over a lot of people with. Right. So like they would sell the one retailer and then they needed quick cash. So they'll just sell the pens cheaper than they sold the pens to the retailer for, to the directly to the end user, that kind of thing. Right. Isn't that also Uh, what happened? That's what I was talking about. I didn't, Oh, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of things that were that were up with that, and uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it was just a lot of a lot of issues that just kind of piled up. But I think with any with any of the businesses that were out there, you know, and and uh, you know, had struggled a bit in the in like the late two thousands, like early, you know, let's say part of the two thousand tens, that uh, you know that they just they just struggled to find the market where it was at the moment. And I think that that's what Delta and like Omos had struggled to find is that they were throwing out these super limited, like super expensive limited editions and, you know, kind of missed the mark on where the market was going and where they could have, you know, survived for many more years, Mm. which is like, let's just make a good quality pen, make it have a really neat material, not have to slap limited edition on everything and not have to, increase the price to ridiculous like Mont Blanc esque sort of level. Right. Like, like let's make it accessible. Sure. That's interesting. All right. So, well, listen, yeah. I think we're gonna have to wrap it up for this week. This was an interesting conversation into into the pen we talked a lot about pens. Did we talk about anything else other than pens today? I think this might be a first well, we, we did we did travel into the Robocop uh discussion for just this this hot second. So. Right, right. So I'm sorry everybody if you were if you're here for pens, you definitely got it. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. it'll be next week. Right. We'll talk we're, about we're, something we're gonna unrelated to, to pens. Yeah, yeah. But listen, everybody, thank you again for listening. Oh, and also, I we're we're talking about doing this giveaway with BRL Coffee Co. and Gold Spot mm-hmm. and the Pentertainment Podcast. And I want you guys to stay tuned for that because what we'll be giving away is a Gold Spot exclusive Retro 51 coffee fountain pen also a bag of brl coffee grinds or beans it's up to you some brl coffee co mug and stickers as well as a pentertainment podcast sticker and stuff like that it's going to be a fun giveaway it's going to be easy the rules are going to be pretty standard it's going to be hey do you like coffee do you know someone who likes coffee follow brl (laughs) coffee co penboy roy and gold spot and then tag three friends for your chance to win all the shit that I just talked about. That kind of thing. It's going to be one of those, right? So 
yeah, just stay tuned for that. We're gonna blast it out. Brl. Is that gonna be on Instagram? I think we're gonna do it on. on yeah, Instagram. we're gonna do it on Instagram, right? I think Gold Spot can put it out. I think Brl Coffee Co can put it out, and also I will put it out. And I think it's good because I like to merge worlds, right? People who love coffee. Yeah. And I'm gonna. You know what the thing is? I gotta have. I gotta have him send. He just. He was sending out beans today. I gotta have him send you beans. Do you like beans or do you like grinds? Send me beans. Hmm? Uh, if if grinds are not available, I can make grinds. I got. I actually just bought a bag of beans from Portrait Coffee, mm. which is based in Atlanta, uh, based on a recommendation from another fellow pen podcaster, cat mm. uh, from uh, the Bent Tines podcast had recommended that. Mm. So I am trying that out when I am done with my Rook uh, coffee that I have dude. most recently. So, Dude, what the fuck? Like, I've been talking about well, BRL coffee for, like, forever, and I'm on your podcast and you haven't tried it. Well, because it just simply has not come my way yet. I'm just figuring that there's going to be a, a complimentary bags being sent my way, being that, like, I'm, you know, naturally into coffee. And, I mean, like, I've dropped hints here and there. So just like you drop hints for pens, like, I'm just waiting for my bag of complimentary coffee to head my way, too. So Fair enough. I really can't argue there. That's actually a, a valid, very solid argument there. So <laughs> anyway, everybody, thanks again for listening. I love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay engaged.